Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, um, let's get the four stock up and four stock down, John. Let's 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 hammer these bad boys out here. And as always, coming up with four stock down. Well, I'm I'm not even. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out. I'm gonna step outside of the Texans. I might go over the Steelers to do some stock down. In, in this game, just to keep the game in the mix here for it. But let's let's do four stock up and four stock down. You go first. Stock up. Offensive line. Offensive line blocked the best it's blocked for the running game. He was not sacked Stroud for the second game in a row. He had a lot to do with that, but so did they. He had some time to throw, throw the ball down the field. The offensive line, they rotated Austin Deculus at left tackle, who we've killed with Gron Christian, who was signed last week. And then left guard, Kendrick Green, he got hurt in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Morrissey, his center, activated 
off the practice squad, had to come in. Of course, rookie center Jarrett Patterson, right guard Shaq Mason, and right tackle George Fant. Those guys should take a bow for a job well done. Now, Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard are coming back. They'll be practicing. Juice Scruggs could be back. And I'm thinking Jarrett Patterson, there's a good chance he could go to left guard because that guy's playing well, which just makes his draft class even better. Yeah, it does. I, John, I think there's a chance Jarrett Patterson stays at center. You know, like that that feels like a chemistry position to me with a quarterback. I, I don't know why you'd want to mess with anything that C.J. Stroud literally and figuratively puts his hands on at this point. Um, I would really think about if Juice Scruggs can play guard and you want to get your best five out there, I would think about leaving Patterson at center right now. Why mess with something that's not working at such an important position? Well, he had a lot of time with Scruggs. Those two did. You know, they yeah. weren't going back to the start of training camp, so they were together a long time. And Par- Patterson all that period was playing guard. So yeah. it might be easier for him to make that transition, even though in college both of them did both. All right, my first stock up, John, is Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator today, who I thought schemed a great game. And I've got I've got a few examples that I jotted down during the postgame show. He went out and did something today that the Texans for three years with Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson could not do, which is go Let me score. guess. Can I guess? I, yeah, go ahead, John. Go ahead. They give, were give the a, worst screen team I've ever seen. Actually, that's not what it was going to be. But yeah, oh, it, was okay. good. It, it was cool to see the Texans run some, some well-set-up screens today, including one to Damian Pierce on that first drive. No, they went and scored a touchdown on their first drive. Remember how much trouble Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson had generating <laughs> touchdowns on their opening drive? Like crazy bad, like crazy, crazy bad. But that's a staple of the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan is they script those first 10 or 15 plays. They, they run them all week long and they come out and they execute. And that's what they did today. They executed so well, John, that they were able to overcome two Shaq Mason penalties in the red zone they were able to get a pass interference penalty that really helped them out on third down when they were goal to go down there. Um, but uh, they they actually had three different times. They had touchdowns called on the field, but one got called back after a review, a C.J. Stroud scramble that I thought was just a winner kind of play. That was a winning play by C.J. He just, you know, I, and I thought the reversal of that call was shaky at best, if you want to know the truth. And then Damian Pierce would have gotten in on that little screen pass down near down in the red zone. Shaq Mason, illegal man downfield, but then they're able to get the touchdown to Nico Collins. The first drive where they scripted, John, the aggressiveness at the end of the half where they hit the two big plays to Nico Collins for 42 yards and 15 yards, that's something I don't think we would have seen recent Texan teams be able to do. Um, I thought the creativity, especially early in the game, of using Tank Dell on some of those reverses that they did. You know, you're, it's a game where it's probably going to be tough sledding, running the ball up the middle, and it was. I thought they did it better than they've done in recent weeks. But the creativity to use a speedster like Tank Dell to not have to worry about running through the clutter in the middle and, and using him to, to, to gain some yards I thought was really good. The hatback option pass with Devin Singletary, super creative there. And then the kill shot on the last touchdown drive. John, the Texans had two possessions in the fourth quarter of this game. Both ended in touchdowns. One burned up five and a half minutes. The other burned up six and a half minutes. I thought Bobby Slowick in C.J. Stroud's ear probably, but then C.J. Stroud himself burning clock the way that they did. To watch C.J. just sit there under center in the fourth quarter and let the let the play clock bleed down to three seconds, two seconds, and have the poise to be able to execute and finish those drives with touchdowns. Not burn some clock and punt it back and leave it up to your defense. They went and scored. And that's – that. this is a – John, I was real critical of Bobby Slowick on this podcast, sitting in this very chair 
at the stadium two weeks ago. I said he's just a guy who worked for Kyle Shanahan, which is still factually true, but he's a lot more than that two weeks later. he this was a I said to you on Friday, John, if they win, I'm going to come in on Sunday on the podcast and say that was the Bobby Slowick game. So I'm here to tell you this was a Bobby Slowick game. When I interviewed Kyle Shanahan after D'Amico got the job and he hired Slowick, Kyle said, because both those guys went to work with him his first season and uh, at the bottom of the coaching rung, and he said that he knew whichever one got a job first, D'Amico or Slowick, would take the other one with him because they were really good friends, had a great working relationship. And he and Slowick knows, had he stayed with the 49ers, he would have had a better chance to become a head coach quicker. But because Kyle calls the plays, Slowick told Shanahan, I, I want to call plays. I need to succeed. I need to fail. I need to be able to bounce back from failure. So Kyle couldn't argue with that. So he came here. He started slow. He's He has not repeated his mistakes. And I like the fact that he owned his mistakes. And uh, he's just done a, a tremendous job. The whole coaching staff, part of the lead on my column on Sports Radio 610 is going to be about the coaching staff and some things I've heard behind the scenes. and uh, But I thought Bobby was great. All the coaches were. It was and, a very yeah. very well-coached game. Very. Sure. And I coached Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the NFL. The Steelers just looked overmatched on the field and on the sideline. John, in the last two weeks, D'Amico Ryan and his staff have outcoached two guys that have won Super Bowls in, in their careers, and Doug great Peterson point. and Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Great point. So that's been great. Um, all right, what's your next stock up, my friend? Nico Collins, Nico, yeah. it's pretty obvious he's gotten a lot stronger. I don't remember when he flashed his first two years he, that he made plays where he broke so many tackles. His yak, yards after catch, has got to be number one in the league. After he, after he gets hit, he breaks tackles. You know, he's 6'4", they list him at 215, but all those weights are off because we haven't gotten any since they were in college. But I'll guarantee you he's added strength and weight. And, and he just – nobody – those DBs, one DB has a hard time bringing him down. And whether it's a big play like at the end of the Jacksonville game, at the end of the first half to set up a field goal or a touchdown, I can't even remember, and then these two touchdowns. And the end of the game on that 52-yarder, boy, great protection, a perfect pinpoint pass, and he broke a tackle. So he averaged 24 yards a catch today. And I think I figured he's averaging 19.7 for the season. Mm -hmm. He has become a big-time weapon. And Nick, he knows, and his agent knows, Nick Casario likes to give uh, extensions to guys who earn it and some guys who don't earn it. So he is looking for a, a huge payday. Yeah, no question about that. He is looking at a huge payday. Still got one year left after this year. And I would say if I was Nick Casario, I would want to see Nico get through a full season healthy before I do anything. That's been an issue for him the last couple of years. Yeah. But you're, John, you're absolutely right. I was doing the numbers. He's on pace for over 90 catches and over 1,800 yards receiving wow. this year. I look he, for him to get it sometime uh, probably in March. And extend, you think they'll extend him a year early if he makes absolutely. it through the season? Absolutely. They don't want to yeah. let his contract expire and then have to franchise him. They might have somebody else needs to be franchised. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, and we did the other thing we know, Nick likes to pay guys that, that are in the building that they can watch their work habits and that they know, you know, they'd rather pay the devil they know than the devil they don't. Um, so, Hey man, I hope, I hope he gets that deal. Cause it means he made it through a full season healthy, but he's been outstanding. And it was, it was a field goal. He set up last week, John, towards the end of the half 
against Jacksonville with that 28-yard catch and run. This is his only big play he had the last game. Today, he had a ton of big plays like he's been doing all year long. So, yeah, he's been the guy to set up those end-of-half points that the Texans have been able to steal. Texans have gone into the half up 17-0 and up 16-0 the last two weeks. They're coaching them up, man. That's That's been good stuff to see. All right, um, last stock up for me. I almost feel like Bobby Slowick is attached at the hip with C.J. Stroud. So I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball where there's actually a lot of guys we could pick. I thought Henry Toa Toa had a nice game today. Nice pass breakup in the end zone on uh, George Pickens. Um, I thought Steven Nelson was really good again today with his interception. I'm going to give it to Jonathan Grenard, who we had on the postgame show actually here. The biggest play of this game, John, was the fourth and one that the Steelers decided to go for in field goal territory. They could have kicked a field goal there and made it a one-score game. It would have made it 16-9. to nine. The fourth and one, which I don't know what Matt Canada was thinking, putting the ball in Kenny Pickett's hands. Najee Harris had broken about 50 tackles in the second half of that football game, and he decides to throw the ball on fourth and one. And Jonathan Grenard just, just – I mean, he just, he literally destroyed Kenny Pickett. He knocked him out of the game. He was done after that, and he's got a knee injury now. Um, but Grenard had a sack early in the game, too. Uh, he had two sacks in the game, three TFLs, three QB hits. We've been waiting on this from Jonathan Grenard – for a little while now. I know he had the good season in 2021 where he had the, the eight sacks in, uh, in in 12 games, but he still only played 12 games. And then he was injured last year and he's injured his rookie year. You know, this is John and Grenardo has always felt like a guy, John, like, boy, if he can just stay healthy and put it all together, he could really be something. John, this year so far, he's really been something. He's been really, really good. And he had the biggest play of the game today. Do you know that they had more tackles for loss today than they had in the first three games? And one of the reasons was him. And one, I'll tell you something, I'm not impressed with Pickett. He rolled right into that sack. He did. Grenard was being blocked by the left tackle. Grenard looks up and Pickett's coming right at him. And he just shedded him, grabbed him and sacked him and injured him. And had he stayed in the pocket or rolled the other way, but Pickett did not have good pocket awareness. No. I just wasn't impressed with him at all. His rating was terrible. Their two best wide receivers, the speed guys, they averaged they average fewer than nine yards a catch. It's just an all-around great job by the Texans' defense, just like the offense. Absolutely. All right, let's find some stock down, John, and we'll do it with a caveat. Then a game the Texans win 30-6. to six. If you want to go outside of the Texans, either to, over to the Steelers' side or even if you want to use somebody – in another game around the league, or hell, use the Texas Rangers if you want to. John, I don't care. It's four stock. It's our podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want, but we got to find four people or teams or entities that are stocked down right now. So you go first. Well, I want to say Ty Zetner, the punter, and he'll be gone when Cam Johnston's eligible to come off our uh, this week. 35-yard 30, average, 35-yard net, 38 average, 35 net, not good. But since we can go around the league, I'm taking Deshaun Watson. There were media reports that he was going to play. And then one of them said he's going to play tweeted. Well, he thought he was going to play. The Browns thought he's going to play. His people thought he was going to play. In other words, they leaked the story to me. And I was wrong. But he didn't play. He had a sore right shoulder. And a lot of people up there questioning, saying he could have played, acting like he's not tough. Well, He's tough. We saw that in 2018 when he had fractured ribs and a collapsed lung, and he still played. So if, if he goes out there and he can't tells them he can't play because of a sore shoulder, 
I buy it. But they came out of that game with Miles Garrett in the boot. Their defense played terrible for the first time, and it's a loss, and every loss helps the Texans because they have the Browns' first uh, first draft choice. Yeah, I'm really anxious to see how this shoulder injury plays out with Deshaun, John, uh, and just see, you know, if it, it doesn't seem like it's anything serious because, like you said, he had intimated during the week that he was going to play this week. So if that, by definition, I feel like it can't be that serious if there was a chance he could have played on Sunday. Um, but I'm I'm anxious to see this play out in Cleveland. I, I feel like Cleveland is a city, John, that with Deshaun right now, he's had one good game there out of like eight or nine games that he's played. Statistically, one good game. He's won a few other games, but that's been the defense and the running game winning for them. I'm anxious to see how this particular thing plays out. Look, Deshaun never other than, I mean, toward the ACL uh in his rookie year. Other than that, he never missed games here because of Injury and he was banged up, as you pointed out, John. Like he played a lot of games, probably banged up some that he was publicly banged up, like taking a bus to Jacksonville because he had a bruised lung, and I'm sure several other games, like every player, where by the second half of the season you're dealing with some sort of issue. He only missed one game in the last three years with the Texans, and that was because they rested him in week 17 when they had already clinched a playoff spot. I'm very anxious to see how this plays out with Deshaun and Cleveland. I, I Cleveland radio will be one that I will go stick my beacon on tomorrow and take a listen to. Yeah, they're 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 eviscerating him up there and I don't think it's fair. If yeah. he says he's hard, he's hard. Yeah. Um another city that I've been poking my beacon on, John, and just taking a listen, and then I will listen even more acutely tomorrow is Charlotte, North Carolina, where the Carolina Panthers are now 0 and 4 on the season as you pointed out a, a bit earlier. Um, but Bryce Young was back in the saddle today. He was under center today, and it did not go well for Bryce Young today. He did manage to average six yards per attempt today, so there's yay Bryce for that. Generated no touchdowns against the Minnesota Vikings, by the way, who are 0-3. Generated no touchdowns. The only touchdown Carolina scored was a pick six off of Kirk Cousins, and then one of the touchdowns that Minnesota scored in a game that they won by eight was a fumble by Bryce Young that got returned for a touchdown. So Bryce Young continues to struggle. And this is one of those, you know what this is, John? This is the quarterback version so far, four games in, of Derek Stingley Jr. and Sauce Gardner is what it is. If you're in Carolina right now, you're going, man, we could have had C.J. Stroud. You know, we could have had C.J. Stroud. And it's four games, and Bryce Bryce will probably be fine. I know C.J. is going to be fine. This looks really good so far. But this, this is the, John, this is the quarterback version. Carolina is probably, I would imagine, fans up there, are feeling probably much more acutely because of the position, a way more important position than lockdown corner is quarterback. I would imagine they're probably four games in feeling a little bit of what we felt with Derek Stingley Jr. versus Sauce Gardner last year, don't you think? Absolutely. And my other one, the Bears, they're up 28-7 to in the third quarter, and they proved they're not the Baylor Bears who were down 35-7 to with four minutes left in the third quarter, who showed some guts and heart and came back and won. And the Bears look like they're tank tanking. Mm -hmm. And they were awful, and I hate to see Sean Payton come back and pull it out. They should have been <laughs> embarrassed by falling behind so much against Chicago. That is absolutely terrible. And I'm guessing all heads are going to roll in Chicago after, after the season. But, man, it's inexcusable when you're leading – much at home to blow it or Chicago or Central Florida. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yep. Uh, no, absolutely. That's that's a uh, that's a good one, John. I'm going to stick in this game, uh, the game right here with the Steelers and the uh, and the Texans today. And I know that uh, everybody's celebrating JJ Watt and the Ring of Honor. As am I. I love JJ Watt. It was great. It was an awesome ceremony. It was great to talk to him on the pregame show. He was awesome in that in that interview. One of the things I asked him though was, "Hey, um, now that you're a national." Uh, radio or not national radio, but now that you're a broadcaster, you know, you're a personality on the air, you're an analyst, you know, you're asked for your unbiased subjective opinion on things. How do you remain objective when it comes to talking about your brother, TJ Watt in the context of the defensive player of the year conversation? And he said, well, it's real easy to do because just look at the numbers. He's the best defensive player. You know, his his exact, his exact quote was, you know, how I, I I'm able to approach that objectively. I'm not an idiot. That's what he said. I, I I I can look at the numbers. CJ's got six sacks. He scored a touchdown. He's forced fumbles. He's done all these things. Along those lines, today was a stock down day for TJ Watt's defensive player of the year campaign. No doubt about it. He had two tackles. He had a QB hit. He was pretty much invisible out there. I don't think it, it's because the Texans necessarily shut down TJ Watt. Like I don't think it was because George Fant locked up TJ Watt or anything. I think Bobby Slowick and CJ Stroud deserve a lot of credit for both the scheme and CJ's intellect and getting rid of the ball as quickly as he did when there was pressure. But if you're going to, if you're going to stand in with, you know, Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa and, and others who are making big plays defensively around the league, whoever it may be, it's tough to have a two tackle game with no sacks. Now the good news is he still has six in four games. He's still well on pace on pace to break the record for sacks still, but it's a slight stock down. his odds for defensive player of the year, John on those boards, this week, when we get the update, it's in green when your odds improve. It's in red when your odds decrease. And TJ Watt will have his odds in red this week. He's he's by definition a stock down. I got an extra one, and this is a good one. Okay. Colin Coward. <laughs> yes, John McClain. Colin yes. Coward's stock's down because his credibility's down because of the way he talked about Stroud. I can't wait to see what he says now. If he's going to little eat a little humble pie, if he can get that egg off his face, he's he he uh, he had a take on CJ this week that was not totally like a mea culpa, like I was wrong or whatever. But he was complimentary of Stroud. But his takes, and especially if Bryce Young doesn't have a good rookie year, and Anthony Richardson did some things today. I think today was like a typical Anthony, what a typical Anthony Richardson game is going to be, where he went through three quarters and he was just awful. And then all of a sudden he makes two huge plays in the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden the Colts are back in the game, like an all or nothing thing. I think he was 11 for 25 throwing the football, Anthony Richardson long-term. That's not a recipe for success, obviously, but CJ Stroud is so far ahead of both of these guys right now. Like sure he's is. ridiculously. Yeah. And so that'll be, if this holds up, uh, yeah, I'm with you. That's a good bonus one, John. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Um, I'm assuming there's a report card coming out soon, professor. Yeah, it should be on SportsRadio610.com. I don't think I've ever given as many A-pluses as I did, starting with the overall grade as well as the coaches and, and the offensive line and uh, C.J. Stroud. So 
I feel bad not giving any Fs and any F minuses. I feel like I'm losing my touch. I forgot what it's like to give a lot of A's. John, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to move to Chicago and start a podcast there. You can give out all the Fs in the world up there right now. <laughs> it's kind of fun being positive for a change. Oh, you're telling me. John, I just got done doing a three-hour postgame show where the phone lines were full of positive people and excited people leaving the stadium. Clint Sterner and I have not experienced well, we've not experienced that in at least 644 days. I don't remember what the post game was for that Charger game back then, but that was the game where your guy rushed for 140 yards, John. Who was it? Rex Bleeping Burkhead. That's it, man. So that's so I, I promise you it probably wasn't a super excited post game show as you're winding down. Uh, I think the, I think the Texans had like seven guys out on COVID for that Charger game back then too. Um, this is different. You know, this is this is true excitement where you can really, for the first time in years, look at next week's game and go, all right, man, they, they can, they're favored to win this game. And you look at the next game, you go, you're back home for the Saints. Saints ain't all that. You can win that game, and they can win that game. It, it, uh, it just got fun all of a sudden here in the last two weeks. Sean, these two games offer hope. Yes. We yeah. haven't had any hope around here that they could that they could be really good. I thought it would be next year before they compete. Now I'm thinking about, okay, they're they're ahead of where we thought they were. They're going to have a lot of money to spend in free agency if Nick Casario wants to do it. They're going to have still have first, second, third round picks with number one being first round pick they got from the Browns. So uh, if if they do surprise people, and you remember mentioned earlier, eight, nine, or ten wins, if they could get in that neighborhood next year, I think people might fall in love with. Them. I think so, too. And it's a very likable team. It's really hard not to like D'Amico Ryans, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, you know, the guys who are going to be the foundation of this thing for hopefully the next 10 or 12 years, 15 years, whatever it is, uh, hopefully a long, long time. So this is a whole lot of fun. We appreciate all of you uh, tuning in. John, I enjoy. I always say I enjoyed it as always. This one was extra special. This was fun to see this team on a day where J.J. Watt goes into the Ring of Honor, do what they did today. This was a – it's this, – it's – this was a great day. Like that's the simplest way I can put it.